0: Welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast, episode 928. My interview with John Ruland. We're discussing giftology, the power of gift. G'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast. My name is Lee Martinutzi, and as usual, I'm pumped and excited to have my guest today, John Ruland, on the line with me. How are you, John? I'm fantastic. Lee. I'm, it's, uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It will be, mate. I'm looking forward to the chat. So just for the audience's sake, John, you are the founder of the John Rulin Group, and I hope I've got that right.
1: Yeah, the Ruling Group,
0: yeah, that's the, correct. The Ruling Group, sorry, the Rulin Group, and came uh, came and formed in 2000, the year 2000. And the reason, well, what's the foundation behind the Ruling Group, John? I'll let you uh, say it.
1: Yeah. The the core is we help leaders not suck at saying thank you. We we're all about how do you, everybody says relationships are important, but most leaders are type A and they check a box once a year. So we teach people how and why to, uh, to show gratitude and, and to show it like they mean it. Not like it's a, uh, a once a year kind of check the box kind of thing.
0: Okay. So it's, it's about saying thank you and saying it with a bit more meaning, I suppose. How did you get into this space, John? because from I, I looked up your your brief history and it seems like you were a farm boy and then you became a a top seller or the top seller at cutco's um brand and and that was all about you know building the relationships and gift giving that you learnt along the way as well
1: yeah, yeah, so I think um well a lot of people you know give lip service to the relationships matter so we I interned with Cutco, the knife company. I was a poor farm boy looking to go to med school. And fortunately I was dating a girl at the time her dad was an attorney and every deal. Yeah. Every deal just seemed to flow his direction. And so I, you know, he, he was like a referral machine. And so I started to model the best practices of giving things away as I was working with Cutco. And was fortunate to to start to land massive deals, pro sports teams, and and really started to attract some of the biggest companies in the world because of what I was doing um, with uh, with that brand. It sounds kind of weird, knives as gifts, but that's one of the reasons what we do kind of works.
0: Yeah, well, it's uh, it's, it's one we're all pretty familiar with is the um, you know the knives as a, as a gift or as an add on incentive to buy something as well. Um, so is this more about or maybe the the same thing? But is it about you know the the gift giving? To, to influence someone to make a decision or is it about the thank you of the gift?
1: Well, I th- there's different reasons to give gifts. I think a lot of times people don't – they don't really put a whole lot of thought into their gifting. And so I think that uh, it can be – Um, a thank you. But at the end of the day, we're all in business to make money. And so we're trying to inspire actions of some sort. The action could be to say thank you, hoping that they'll stay as a client. So retention, it could be to open doors with a prospect. So it could be to just get a phone call back or it could be, you know, Hey, I I got this great client and they're, they run in a lot of circles that I want to be in. How do I inspire them to open up their mouth and talk about me to their inner circle of, friends and family and whatever else. So referral. So there's a lot of different reasons. And then, you know, then you go internal, like how do you get employees to stick around and to be engaged, you know, employee engagements difficult. So there's different buckets and reasons why, but I think at the end of the day, most people make decisions based upon how they feel Mm. about somebody that it's an emotional intelligence question. And when somebody feels a certain way, they act a certain way. And when they feel a certain way, then they justify with logic. But most people, you know, it's like when you meet somebody, you just have a gut feeling. Do I like this person? And do I want to hang out with them again? Or do I want to do business with them? Do I trust them? And I think that when you're radically generous with people and you show them that you're giving gifts and showing generosity and doing the handwritten notes, doing all the little things well – um, then you kind of earn the right to, uh, to, you know, to get them to engage on your behalf, but you have to do it with no strings attached. So it's, there's a slimy way to give gifts and, and make somebody feel uncomfortable. And there's a way to show gratitude and appreciation to somebody with no strings attached. And that's mm. the, what we teach. It's the finer details of how you do it. Like you don't give a gift and then ask for a referral. Cause that looks like you're, you know, it's, it's basically like a bait and switch, kind of thing. And nobody likes to be manipulated, but everybody wants to feel appreciated. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, you know, those finer differences of intention, like intention matters. Like, um, so we teach people that. And then oftentimes they come back to us and like, John, this is really hard. Can you just, can you help us do this and execute and pick the gift and ship it? And, and that's, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're kind of a back end logistics company for a lot of, uh, a lot of firms.
0: Great. Right. Look, it's definitely a chat that I want to get into and, and learn about more myself. Uh, because i suck at giving gifts in my opinion um but it's, <laughs> it's not it's, alone you're it's, not alone no I'm, you're not I'm, alone. I'm sure i'm not i come from real estate so I, I saw it how it was done there and it was just done poorly most of the time yep. um but you know just as far as you know family giving gifts within family and stuff like that too i think is important sometimes and sometimes the lack of thought can cur- cause some emotional upset um within that circle but uh, who do you who do you particularly um deal with, John?
1: Is it large companies, is it individual businesses, small business? It's uh I mean that's the fun part about what we do. I mean, we're a small firm and we have clients like Morgan Stanley and Google and Chicago Cubs and the Indians all as clients, but we also have two million dollar and five million dollar startups as clients. So really at the end of the day, we, if somebody is in the B2B, you know, business to business space and they're looking to build relationships and do it really, really well. And, and it's a highly competitive space. You know, we work a lot in wealth management and real estate where there's, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of competitors. And so why does somebody pick you versus somebody else? And oftentimes it's the little things that make the difference. So we, we have clients of all sizes. We're in oil and gas insurance. We're in pro sports teams. We're really uh, across the map. Um, but the key factor is if relationships are important and you're dealing with high value where every deal is, could be, you know, three, four, or five, six, seven, eight, nine figures, like that's where we play really well when it's really competitive and it's it's a high value relationship
0: okay cool yeah so de- definitely a, a variety there and i'm sure everyone that's listening can benefit from this conversation uh you say the the principles are quite simple um and i'm not sure if if a lot of us are, are getting it wrong perhaps the the principles aren't that simple or, or that common <laughs> uh, um well, what is your thoughts on
1: that well, you know, it's like anything else. Common sense isn't all that common and people, you know, it, it, I would say that everything we teach is very elementary, but in business, I think in 2016, like, you know, instead of writing the handwritten note, we all know we should, but it's just easier to send a text message or do a Facebook message or, or, you know, uh, send a Snapchat or whatever the, the piece of technology that's in our hands. That's way easier than sitting down and write, taking 10 minutes to write a note. We all know that the handwritten note is more meaningful um, so I think in gifting and appreciation and relationship building, it's often the, the extra little things that, you know, it's like, hey, you shouldn't make the gift about you. Like why when you're giving a gift, is it a gift or is it a promotional item? Because no. if it's a gift, like you'd never go to a <laughs> wedding and and you know engrave compliments of Lee on the Tiffany's vase that you give to the couple for their wedding gift. But in business, we do that all the time. and We call it marketing. But you ne- the idea of slamming a logo on something and calling it a gift is an oxymoron. Like nobody wants to be a walking billboard for your brand and so oftentimes those gifts when somebody gets it and they're like why did the frick did the, why did they put the logo the size of a softball in the chest of that shirt or that jacket or that cooler and so those gifts end up getting regifted or given to goodwill or given to charity because who the heck wants to be a, a walking talking billboard for you so i saw that cool. so often in
0: real estate too it's um oh, you it's know that, that thank you gift for buying the house and hey let's buy you
1: a wine cooler with my logo on it or name. <laughs> Um, it's the, G- I it's the have been thing in the world. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Why would you ever? Nobody wants that. And especially if you're giving it to a, a guy or a gal that's married, they bring it home and they're like, get that thing out of the house. Like we're never going to, you know, you're never going to put a knife out or a or a nice, you know, people take these nice handmade leather bags that are like laptop bags and they slam their logo on it. And at the end of the day, nobody's going to use that. Or if they do, they're like they're kind of embarrassed because it's tacky. And so would yeah, they use
0: it? Sorry, John. Would they use it if, if you had a really good relationship already? It, it's more likely that
1: they'd use it. Is that correct? Or is that I mean? No, I no? mean, maybe out of guilt or maybe out of maybe like obligation. Out of guilt. OK. Yeah. But, but I think that uh, at the end of the day, if you put their name on it, they'll use it. You put their 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 spouse's name, their family name, their initials make the gift all about them, not about your company colors. Like nobody cares that your company colors are red and blue, like give a gift that the other person is actually going to want to, you know, like use. And, and the fun thing is, is if you give a really nice gift, that's personalized, that's practical, it's subconsciously, every time they use it, they think of you anyway. And so, you know, the psychology of it is like I tell people all the time, like I saw Domino's gave out Rolexes to their, their franchisees, a the big pizza chain here in, in the U S and you'd think, how could you give a Rolex a $10,000 watch wrong? But on the white face of this air King, this beautiful, you know, $10,000 watch, they put the Domino's red and blue logo on it. And people started trading them in because even if you work for Domino's, do you really want a fricking pizza logo on your Rolex? No, and no, the answer really. is no. <laughs> and so if, if, if you, if you don't want a $10,000 watch with your logo on it, you sure as I like don't want like a cooler or a laptop bag or a jacket with somebody else's logo, maybe your own. If, yeah. you built the, if you built the company, like I, when I send out – I send out a quarter million dollars a year with the gifts to people, clients, people I meet on airplanes, at conferences, whatever. Of course, a million. Enough wow. Okay. Yeah, $250,000. It's, it's huge. And when somebody, and when somebody gets a, a gift from us, it never has ruling group on it. Never. Hmm. It always has their name and maybe their logo if they built the company. And because of that, they take it home. They're proud of it. And they talk about me 365 days a year to all their inner circles. So we get clients by the gobs. Not because we brand things, but because we give really thoughtful, cool gifts that they're them, their assistants, we give gifts to their assistants, we give gifts to their wives and their husbands, and they can't get us out of their mind. And it's not because we put the logo on, it's because we we gave them this really cool, practical, unique, personalized gift and didn't make it about us. We made it all about them. All about them.
0: Good first point. So just yeah, make it about them and not about us. I want to um ask a few questions off that. So hopefully I can remember them all. The first one is, um, you know, just when you give, because I'm looking at a pen right now with a logo on it, um, and I just want to sort of clarify the difference of a gift and a bit of, you know, branding or something, something like a pen. I mean, is that, you know, you get pens all the time with brands, and I use them all the time because they're very practical to have around. Um, Yeah. I don't know if I ever look at them really and and read them, to be honest. I think they just sort of go blank and um, you just use them for the purpose, but... (laughs) What, what's yeah. and like business cards and, and greeting cards and stuff like that i mean are they the things that are okay to have your brand on it when you're sending stuff or communications through
1: yeah so i think i mean just as long as you understand the difference between a gift and a promotional item if you're handing out yeah. ten thousand of something at a stadium and it's a trinket it's a stress <laughs> ball or it's a pen slam your logo on it but don't don't conf- don't think people are gonna be like wow i've never got a a 50 cent pen before, okay. um, they're not going to, they're not going to be wowed by it. But I think that if you're giving out promotional items, that's fine. And that's a But good just, differentiation. It, yeah, Yeah. but, I, but, but if I'm going to give you, let's say you're one of my hundred most important relationships, I, if I'm going to give you a gift and I wanted to give a pen, I'm going to give a Mont Blanc and I'm going to drop two or $300 on it. And it's likely to become your favorite pen. And every time you use it, you're like, man, that John guy, he's just a great guy. I love him. And when you're signing a contract or you're, you know, writing a handwritten note, you think about John in the background. And so the next time that somebody says, Hey, do you know any, like, I'm really having a hard time opening doors with people or I am trying to think of what to give my 500 employees this year for, for Christmas. Um, who's the first person that comes to mind? It's the guy, you know, the guy who gave you the Mont Blanc that's in your pocket versus, you know, the guy that, you know, gave you a 50 cent pen with his logo slammed (laughs) on it. Like (laughs) nobody's. So there's a difference there between yeah, yeah. What, what your goal is. And most of the time, people's goals is like they want deeper relationships. They want to be top of mind. They want to open doors. They want to be referable. And you don't do that by handing out stress balls and koozies with your logo on it. You do it by being really thoughtful and different than everybody else in your industry. Hmm. And we found that gifting, doing it right, um, is is one of those key ways to do that. It's uh, yeah, certainly very,
0: very clever. What um – I suppose the, the first question that comes to mind about it all is: is why do we get it so wrong? Is it because we we make it all about us? Is it because of you know the the ego behind it, um, or the 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 incongruent goal of it? What what is the the typical reason that you come across that we we do it so poorly? And, well, we, I think and he- why don't we know? I guess why don't we know how to give proper gifts?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, have you seen an MBA course or an MBA? Have you ever seen an MBA program? Like I got a master's in gifting or I got a master's in gratitude. Like, yeah, no, Mm. there's no, there's no courses out there. Um, there's no, and most people tend to be followers. So if they went to a company, they, they, they watch their boss, what they do. And they take people out to dinner and golf and ball games. Mm. They model, they model the best practices around them because most people are sheep. And so nobody's ever been taught. And I think that most people in business, like, yeah, there's ego and selfishness involved. And they're like, if I'm going to spend, greed. you know, if I, yeah, there's greed, if I'm going to spend $300 on a pen, I want to get some marketing out of it. And they think marketing one one is, well, I got to be like Donald Trump. I got to slam my logo all over everything. And that's the way that you build relationships. And, and they don't realize that they're actually damaging. If they're really trying to be thoughtful and genuine, you know, with their relationships, they're probably damaging more relationships than they are, but, but nobody's calling them out. Like you never get a thank you note that says, thank you so much for your bar of chocolate with your logo on it. I actually think less of you as a human for sending me this cause this is the worst gift on the planet. Like that's a really mean thing to write to somebody when they sent you a bar of chocolate with their logo. But in your head, you're thinking, I sent that guy a million dollars worth of business and he sent me a gift card or a bar of chocolate. Like that's the, like, I can't believe like it's the most unthoughtful thing on the planet. But it, our polite nature is to say, "Yeah, you're, you're not, not going to say that, anything of it. You're not, you're not going to say anything of it." So Actually, ever, the truth it. is, a
0: lot of us probably don't say anything because it's
1: just normal. That's what we expect to you know get given anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's a lot of different reasons. I think if most people are called out on it, they're like, you know what, I'm guilty of this, and I I want to get better <laughs> at it. And I, nobody's ever you know. I I think our book, Giftology, is the only book that I know of that really talks about gifting and gratitude from a competitive advantage perspective, uh, as opposed to a warm, fuzzy once a year at Christmas. Mm. And so I think, you know, one of the reasons we've, I think we hit a nerve with people and, and we're getting people all over the world to reach out is that they're like, nobody's ever said anything like that. I've never heard anybody talk about gifting with such, you know, from a, a business strategy perspective, it just seemed like a fluff thing. Like, a, you know, like yeah, it's one attack on at the end. Yeah, it's like fuzzy. You know, it's like oh, that's cute. It's a little puppy. Um, like oh, so cute. That's so nice. Like no, like this is yes, it's warm stuff. and fuzzy. But mm. yeah, this is serious stuff. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I. I mean, I wonder about yeah, upbringing as well, and and how that impacts us. You know, on our our ability to see the authentic, you know, thoughtful process behind gifting, rather than just a a greedy or you know whatever other sort of reward that you expect from gifting. I mean, are we are we sort of brought up that you know it's 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 not cool to, to give gifts or, I mean, I always sort of think that when you give a gift, you, you do expect something in return. And I, and I am actually a little bit, you know, sometimes when I get gifts from people, I sort of go, oh, well, what's your, you know, reasoning Which- behind this? You know, what's your purpose here? <laughs> what's your angle? Where are, you, where are you getting it? And in Japan, um, I'm not sure, you probably have done some research here, but they just are huge at giving gifts. There's just, you can never win in a gift giving battle. <laughs> um, you know, like I, I, I made some apple pies the other day on a Sunday. I thought that'd be nice. And I went around and, and gave an apple pie to, to my boss's wife and thought that'd be cool. Um, yeah. and I don't expect anything back. I just did it cause I'm proud of my cooking and thought that'd be nice. And, um, you just, uh, the next day they came over with this whole big bag of fruit and vegetables and stuff. And, um, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I'm sort of the, sure there's a little bit of a connection there cause it's, it's just got that sort of culture here, but I'm always skeptical about what what is behind the reason for the gift. And I don't know, a lot of people
1: are probably like that. But what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that that it comes back to the strings attached. I I do think that as human beings, uh, regardless of your, you know, your faith background or your nationality, or, you know, like, if you look throughout history, like, there is it's wired into our dna to want to reciprocate that's why you know like you yeah. do things for people and they want to reciprocate i think that you know if you can do things with no strings attached with a hope hey i hope that they are appreciative and that maybe they want to you know understand that i'm a, a thoughtful grateful person and that they want to you know act on my behalf um i think that when you give a gift and you expect something immediately in return is when it feels like obligatory. That feels like there's strings attached. It feels like, it doesn't feel like a gift. It feels like an obligation. And so, you know, I think mm. that culturally there, there's differences there, but in general, I think, you know, uh, you can look at the angle, but I mean, I have some people that I've sent gifts to, you know, 10 years ago that I don't remember I gave a gift to them, but they may remember. And I, we, you know, like the Cubs took us seven years to land them as a client. Sometimes, you know, timing is an issue and whatever else. So I think if you plant seeds, um, with people, you hope that a certain amount of them turn into something when, whether that's a year from now or 20 years from now. And that, I think that's the beautiful thing I saw with my mentor was he was always doing things, but he didn't keep score. When you keep score is when that's when it gets to be, you know, you start to kind of get bitterness. Like, Hey, I've given this person five gifts and he hasn't given me anything in return. Is this Matthew uh-huh. Kelly, your mentor? Uh, no. I, well, oh. Matthew's a mentor, but, um, um, but the, 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 when I was early in uh, working with Cutco, my, my girlfriend's dad, who was the attorney okay, that was yeah. super successful in wow. business, he was always nice. giving things away, but he didn't keep score. And so people didn't feel like they, he was giving out things because he needed something or wanted something. It was just his nature. And because of that, it made people want to do things all the more for him. That's um, interesting, isn't
0: he, it? And that's, that's you think about you know relationships in general and um, and I can certainly relate to this is where you sort of give, you know, you give over love or, you know, that that, that sort of peace to the relationship and you expect love in return. Um, and when it doesn't come back, you sort of get that, that guilt, or not guilt, uh, spite more than anything as well that yeah. comes about. And then you say, oh, well, if they're not giving me anything back, why am I going to keep giving them love and attention? And, and then you sort of get spiteful and, and you know, go a bit nasty even. Um, and I certainly can relate to that, John. And I think that's a, a problem with a lot of people. When, when we give something, we expect something in return and and keep a score on it. So um, yeah. that, that's
1: probably well, but, something but, you're very familiar with. But think about with your kids. Like, you know, your kids oftentimes aren't grateful or whatever else. But do you stop loving them or stop doing things for them? Most people, you know, the reason they have such a close relationship with their kids is because there's no keeping track. Like you just give and you give and you give. And eventually, like maybe when you're older and you have, they have your kids have kids and there's grandkids involved, but you know, I think the relationships with your spouse, like it's the relationships that where you don't keep score and you just keep giving, uh, the, those relationships usually thrive. It's um, it's, it's, giving. it's where hmm. unconditional giving, but if you give to your spouse and you keep track, that's usually a recipe for freaking disaster. Like you're yeah. it's cause the other person can't, you know, there's going to be times where you're going to, you're going to be given a hundred percent and they're only given 10%. And, um, you know, if, if you can continue to give through that, at least I, I've only been married seven years, but I know the times when I love my wife, when she's unlovable or she loves me when I'm unlovable are the times when it means the most. Cause it's not out of like a tit for tat. There's no keeping track. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it, that's, that's powerful. And I think when you can bring that mindset to business and say, I'm gonna keep loving on these people whether they they say thank you or not. You know that's when people eventually like they're like oh my gosh like they want to move mountains for you and and so I think that there's there's real power in that unconditional love that uh, that a lot of times people are like they just don't they never tap into it. Mm.
0: What what challenges did you face, John, along the way? Because um, I, I I can just see a lot of people out there going okay, well I'm gonna try and be more you know thoughtful with my gifts or have have less strings attached to my gifts. Um, and I, I can see a lot of challenges coming up there. What challenges did you face yourself, um, as far as you know, gifting and expecting something in return, or you know, as, as around changing your mindset
1: about what the idea was behind gifting? Yeah, well, I think that every, you know, most people. I grew up poor, so there's a, a automatically wired into my being was a scarcity mindset of if I, you know, like there's not enough. And if I get something, I better get something back. I think I was fortunate early on to have mentors that were able to model the best practice of having, you know, like if you really think you're going to be in business for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and you have a 50 year mindset, then you're not really too concerned with, Hey, I'm going to give something and I better get something back. Like you're building the funnel for the long term. If you are very short term minded, um, I, I think it can be, you know, and I've had those times where I'm like, like I've sent people a sauna before and I'm, and, and the temptation would be like, I'm dropping thousands of dollars on something. I better get something in return. But I have uh, I've been doing this for 16 years and I would say early on, I just, I saw people, friends when I would do things, they're like, you're nuts. You're going to go broke, um, doing these things. And I, and you know, then we'd pick up a, we picked up NASCAR as a client and Ooh. then we, you know, we pick up opportunities. They'd be like, how did you get that? How did that happen? I'm like, well, remember that seed I planted seven years ago? Um, this is the the fruit of that. Um, but there was a lot of times that there was doubts in my head. Like, am I insane? Am I going to, is this going to work? Am I going to make this? Um, I mean, I can think of, you know, one of my, one of the early times I joined a, a business group and I went to this event, heard this guy speak, was blown away by him. I, I was like, I want this guy to be a referral source, a mentor and I couldn't afford him. He was like, you know, just, he'd ran companies in the hundreds of millions and I ended up finding out that he was into, um, Brooks brothers. So when he came to to speak in our town and in, in Cleveland, Ohio, I, um, I went to Brooks, I found out what his shirt size and his clothing size was. And I found out he wasn't gonna have time to go shopping and I went and bought $7,000 worth of Brooks brothers clothes. And I turned his Ritz Carlton hotel room into a Brooks Brothers store. It looked like I'd merchandise everything: shirts, pants, shoes, belts. And when he checked into the hotel, like he went upstairs, um, and you could tell, like he, w- the only reason he was going to dinner with me and going to a ball game was because he had nothing better to do. When he came back down from the hotel room, he was so blown away by the act of kindness that I mean, he's become a mentor. He's opened up doors with the president of Starbucks. He's he mentioned me in books. And um, you know, but that was seven thousand dollars on the line. How did you get into um, his hotel Ed, room? P- and people are like, "How did?" Well, I, I talked to uh, the GM, the GM of the hotel room. I told him that one of the top business coaches in the world was was coming to town, and so so they they helped and they merchandized the, ho- the hotel room for me. Okay. Um, And so uh, so yeah, but it, the funny part is, is he came back to me and said, "John, one 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 of two things is going to happen because most people are like, I could never." Or spend seven thousand dollars, like that's crazy. But the simple fact is, they they Cameron came back to me. Is came, Cameron Harold? He ran one hundred, got junk, and a bunch of these other companies. Um, and he has a book now called Double Double and others that he's you know mentioned me in. But he came back and said, John, what you did for me—the act of kindness of shopping for me with my sizes and knowing what I liked—that was the gift. I can't let you buy the clothes on top of that. So he's like, I'm either going to write a check for fifty percent more than I think the clothes cost that I picked out or you're going to tell me how much they cost and I'm going to write a check for that. Cause I can't let you buy the clothes on top of what you did. And so the entire experience cost me nothing. And I ended up with this advocate worldwide who like he coaches like the shake of Qatar and his 300 companies. Like he's one of the, you know, like most influential business leaders on the planet. And he's somebody that I sent him a text message right now. He'd respond, you know, immediately and say, John, what do you need? Um, because of that radical act of kindness where I put, you know, like I had the kahunas to put it on the line and say, you know, I, I value you and I get you and I'm willing to, uh, to invest in you before you've ever done anything for me. Yeah. So, so those are the kind of things, you know, early on where I'm like my business partner thought I was insane. Um, and then afterwards, he's like, well, maybe maybe you're insane, but yeah, there's a little bit of genius in there too. Um, Certainly a bit of genius there. Um,
0: What, I mean, how do you feel when you give, and I don't know how many years ago this was, but how do you feel when you give that sort of a gift and, you know, trying to go, well, you know, remove the whole, the whole idea of getting something in return. I mean, that's got to be a, a big commitment because you just, you know, some, a lot of us would just go, oh, that's a big risk. Like I could lose 7000 no, not lose $7,000, but...
1: Um, I guess we just don't see the actual the principle behind it. Yeah, well, I think that people it, the reason that there's that feels like there's risk involved is because nobody else is doing it. Now, you'll, like most companies will go spend fifty thousand dollars or twenty five thousand dollars on a trade show. Or I have clients that spend five million dollars on a one trade show. Yeah. Or they'll spend a million dollars on advertising. Or they'll spend on travel, entertainment, ball game sponsorships, tickets. They'll spend a half a million dollars, and I'm like. All of your competitors are doing the exact same things. I'm over here in this blue ocean that nobody else is in, <clears throat> and so yes, yeah, seven thousand dollars is a lot, but relative to your to the hundred thousand dollars you spent on a trade show and really got nothing in return other than a pissing match with your other competitors because everybody is doing the exact same stuff. To me gifting is this area where it feels risky, but really at the end of the day, it's not any more risky than anything else that we do in business. And in my opinion, mm. it's, it's less, it's less risky because nobody else is willing to do it. Um, so the likelihood of it paying off at a 10 or a hundred X return is way higher because if everybody was good at gifting, it wouldn't work. It would just be noise. It'd just be like taking people out to a steak dinner. Like everybody does that. Taking people out for sushi, sushi, like, how many people go out to dinner to spend drop crazy money on these amazing meals in Japan? Everybody. Hmm. Like that's just, it's like a badge of honor. Like who can spend the most on, you know, this rare fish or this rare wood wine or sake or whatever else, like, congratulations, your $10,000 like bar tab is just like the other competitor that they were with, you know, three nights ago. So, and in my opinion, like, I'm looking for areas where everybody else is going cheap or non-existent. I'm going to go super expensive where everybody's going super expensive. I'm just going to cut it out and go redirect those that dollar somewhere else. Cause you know, you spending 3% more than your competitor means nothing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I'm looking for those competitive advantages and gifting is one of those areas where most people are horrible at it. So there's a huge ROI and upside versus a lot of other areas. Yeah, and and that's certainly, I mean, if you look at the way
0: businesses spend their money, I mean, you know, and I'm a a small little entrepreneur and the the areas I spend money sometimes, yeah, certainly it could be better spent on, you know, an individual, a client or something like that as, as, you know, a better bang for your buck, I guess, um, or a better investment for the business. What, I mean, does it need to be so radical, the investment? I mean, you talk about examples that are quite radical. I've got a lot of listeners here that... Um, aren't in big business, you know. They're, they're quite yeah. small scale. So, um, I mean, is it is it more just the thought behind it? Does it doesn't need to be necessarily radical, or is it about that differentiation as well from your, what your competitors are doing?
1: Well, I think it's all relative. I mean, you know, I, I work with a lot of companies that are doing five, ten, fifteen million dollars worth of business. So it's not not Fortune five hundred companies by any means, but it's you know they're looking to, they're competing with gorillas. you know, yeah. they're competing with other b- businesses. So I think that. You know, like our business cards is a great example. I spend $3 on my business card and people are like, that's insane. Why would you do that? I'm like, well, have you ever spent $3 on a cup of coffee? They're like, oh yeah, we do that every day. I'm like, well, I spend $3 on my business card because most people spend three cents. So I spend 10,000% more on my business card. And when I hand it out, it's made out of metal. It's unique. It's different. People talk about it for days, weeks, even years because that's an area where most people go cheap and I go expensive. And I do the same thing with my letterhead. When I send a handwritten note, it's on a 9-dollar piece of steel. It's made out of metal. Holy and shit. people are like, 9-dollar, 9-dollar, 9-dollars on a piece of on a on letterhead." And I'm like, well, "When's the last time you got a handwritten note?" And they're like, uh, a couple months ago." And I said, "Well, I send out thousands of handwritten notes." And when somebody gets a handwritten note from me, even a CEO of a Fortune 50 company, they tend to keep it because nobody else has $9 letterhead. Hmm. And so it doesn't have to be radical relative to other things that they might spend money on, but it does need to be radical relative to what other people spend in that category. So like, you know, to spend hundred dollars or th- say, say a watch, like people are like, well, I want to give a watch out. And I'm like, well, okay. Uh, what are you, what are you going to give? Like, well, we're going to give this really nice, you know, Timex or Casio, I'm like, okay, so how much is it going to cost? Oh, $300. I'm like, okay, what do you, your clients have? You know, what kind of watches do they have? Like, uh, Rolex, Breitling bubble, you know, 5,000, $10,000 watch. I'm like, so you're going to spend $300 on a watch and that $300 watch is going to get re-gifted or put away because it's in that category. It's going to be mean nothing to the person who has a Rolex on their wrist. And mm. I said, you picked a different category. Like, like somebody gave me a mug, and I'm like, mugs are chintzy, cheap, whatever else, but everybody drinks tea or coffee. And so this mug, they had handmade, it was, it was, there was a clay maker made it for me. It tells my whole life story and it's a $300 mug. And I use that mug every single day and it's the nicest mug I've ever seen. And when we gift it to even billionaires, they're like, this is the most thoughtful, one of the most thoughtful gifts ever. Yeah. So the the same $300 that meant nothing in the watch category in a mug category means the world to the person. Mm. And so oftentimes it's reframing and saying, okay, I can't afford a watch. What could I give or do for $300 or $3 or $9 or $3,000? Like, um, that's going to be thoughtful, meaningful, personalized, over the top. And if you can't afford it in a particular category, go to a different category and do it in a different way. Because at the end of the day, you can be remarkable with, a, with $3 yeah. and, it, but not, not if you're trying to compete with, you know, in a watch category a business card, it works. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, those are the sorts of, you know, thought processes that we take our clients through to say, okay, you only have $5,000 to work with or you only have $50,000 to work with. You only have $500,000 to work with. Your, your competitor has $500 million, so you're not going to outspend them. Never. I mean, never. But you can't outthink them. Mm. And if you're willing to be ballsy and different, then, then we can talk. If you want to be vanilla like all of your competitors and fit in, then you know, good luck with that. Let me know how it works out because um, i don't think it's going to work out too well
0: i like that certainly um and a great you know you can't outspend them but you can out uh, outthink them and i think that's important in in a lot of aspects of business too um yep i remember one and this is just a small example when i was in real estate um i gave a a handwritten card and i just stuck a pizza voucher in it to a buyer that bought in the area and it wasn't even a buyer that bought through me it was just a buyer that i saw come through one of the open homes we stayed connected and um When she bought and I knew she bought, I just stuck that letter in a letterbox. And um, man, the the word that went out there from her was just incredible. She just thought it was, you know, wow, because a lot of other sellers in the area don't even give a handwritten card, even if it's their buyer. Um, So it's not that hard always to, you know, stand out and make a difference, even if it's a, you know, just a small thing. It's more the thought that uh, certainly in that case counted.
1: Yep. Um, yeah. I I tell people all the time, it's not the thought that counts. It's the thoughtful thought. The
0: thought and so a lot the of the times thought. people,
1: yeah, <laughs> people are like, oh, what's the thought that counts? And I'm like, uh, really? Like, so like, you know, just sending like send you a koozie or some cheesy, like whatever, like that's going to work. Like for you, it was taking the time out of your day to write a handwritten card. That's a thoughtful thought. Just doing something generic or whatever else, like, hey, here's an email, yeah. uh, you know, an email newsletter going out to the same twenty thousand or fifty thousand people. That's oh, it's the thought that counts. No bullcrap. That's BS. It's you have to put thought. It has to be a thoughtful thought, not just a. Like, I think it's an excuse for most people to do sucky things and like sucky gifts. So it's like oh, it's the thought that counts. I'm and like, it's no, true. No. You can tell the difference, can't you? As the
0: receiver, you can sort of go, okay, well, this this gift is obviously just a. A cut and paste sort of. This is what I do. Send it out um, yep. compared to a gift that comes through, and you go. Actually, this guy's put some some thought behind this and some effort into it. Um, yep. No matter how big or small the
1: effort might be, but you can just sort of feel the difference, can't you? Feel it, yeah, immediately, and and that changes your perception, and it changes whether you like the person or are going to reach out to that person or follow up with them or. You know, it's, uh, it comes back to we're all emotional beings. Even in 2016, with all the technology on the planet, we still make decisions based upon how we feel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's really, um, really important stuff. What I'm just, uh, well, there's a question. I just had a question for you, John. It's there. It's there. Come on. And <laughs> you hate that. Um, yeah. say, so, uh, what is it? Anyway, it'll come back to me. You've got a great book called giftology released in June of this year, John, doing very well. Tell us a little bit about the book.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, people have been asking us like, John, like you're, you're speaking on this topic. Like I I, want to share this with my team or I want to share this with all my salespeople. Like, can you just put what you speak on or what you teach when you're, people are paying you a consulting fee? Like not everybody can afford it or, you know, like we're not going to necessarily travel over the world, delivering the message all the time. Like, and so, giftology really is our 16 year playbook. How, how a farm boy from Ohio, um, you know, that was milking goats. How did he end up with like the Chicago Cubs and the San Antonio Spurs? And how did you end up speaking at Google? And so it's our playbook of what to think about, how to build relationships, how to stand out, how to be memorable. And, um, it's really, it's, you know, there's not giftology two coming out anytime soon. Like it's, it's everything that we have um kind of distilled down into a book and so it's uh we sold out of our first printing already um it's been written about in Forbes a couple times Forbes magazine and and uh yeah we're getting the opportunity to speak about it all over the world um but i have three little girls under under 5 so i'm i'm limiting my speaking engagements and travel and so the book kind of is uh is my way of sharing the message and, and hopefully inspiring people not only to be more grateful and show more gratitude but how to do it and how to build it around a system versus a very uh, most people are very reactionary and and not really strategic and thoughtful in it. So our it's all of our strategies on on how to do this at a high level with uh, with whether it's taking care of customers, prospects, employees. It's uh, at the end of the day we're all human beings, so it's our entire playbook. We've got it bundled all up. That's really cool.
0: Um, yeah, certainly it, it, it'd be a great gift <laughs> to give a lot of business owners and um. Certainly, it's a read that I would have liked in, in real estate. Um, yep. So, what what are some of the um, actually the questions just come back to me? So I'll go to there first. The yeah. the reason why people don't give gifts, and I, I just think you know, other than you know the the lack of funding to give a gift, um, what are the other reasons that you find people don't give gifts? Is it laziness? What else comes up?
1: Uh, laziness, I, I would say. You know, apathy. Um, they don't think it matters. They think it's a nice to, not a have to. They don't, they don't think that it, you know, you're not getting like CFO saying, well, if we just had a better gifting strategy, our sales would grow 30%. Like most people, they -hmm. don't understand that there's a competitive advantage. So they don't, yeah, they don't think it's strategic. They think it's a nice to, not a have to.
0: Um,
1: and I think that there's people that want to do it, but most of the people, you know, at least in the industries we're working in insurance, construction, finance, uh, wealth management, pro sports teams. It's a bunch of, you know, men selling to other men and typically men suck at gifting, you know, ask their wife uh, or ask their (laughs) spouse. And, uh, and so they don't feel comfortable with it. So if we don't feel comfortable and we don't think it matters, guess what we do? We avoid it. We just say, or we delegate it and we delegate it with unreasonable expectations. Like we wake up in December like, Hey, it's Christmas time. We had a good year. Hey Susie, here's 10 grand go buy something for our 10,000 clients. And Susie, meanwhile, is like, uh, 10,000 people, $10,000. That means we have a dollar a person to spend. Yeah. And so she goes out and buy, you know, like sends out some little calendar or magnet or whatever, because you know, that's what her boss told her to go spend. And meanwhile, so I think that most people like if they're, if, if they're really, you know, challenged with it and they understand, wow, there is an ROI and there's somebody that can help pick out the gifts. And oh my gosh, like we really do want to be different than our competitors. Most of the time, when we talk to CEOs or founders, mostly you know, eighty percent of them are men, and we call them on the carpet. They're like, you're right, um, and we need to get better at this. And this is amazing. And so instead of getting ten thousand dollars, you know, they're like, okay, let's try fifty thousand. And instead of going after ten thousand people, let's just try our top one hundred relationships. And they do it, and they're like, and the feedback and the referrals and all that's amazing. And all of a sudden, people are like. Okay, now it's a priority. I, I get yeah. it. Uh, mm. it's, this, but but until somebody, you know, calls them on the carpet, it just feels awkward and unimportant. And so, why would you even mess with it if it's not important and it's awkward? So I think that's it's, it. Yeah, kind of yeah. comes back. It kind of comes back to, uh, you know, we avoid pain and we go towards pleasure. Yeah. Um, and so again, it's I way- think
0: it's just. I mean, if you if you look to the reasoning behind the gifting, it's all about that relationship. And in business, that's that's what's important. In life, that's what's important. The relationships, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, we all, and most people would agree with that statement and they just don't realize that they, that they're not being congruent. Um, They say relationships are important. And if that's true, then how you show those people that they matter, like the act of showing it does matter and Mm. how you do that. And everybody wants to feel VIP and special. And, and so when you start to connect the dots, people are like, oh my gosh, like this is a major gap. Uh, We're saying this, we're saying this, but we're doing this or doing nothing. Um, we better bridge that gap or else some you know our competitors are going to do it first and if they do it first and they do it better then uh oh um, why are we losing market share well it's usually because a relationship somehow is damaged or is not being taken care of and and this is just you know it's not like you can suck at other parts of your business and then gifting is going to save you but this is the little like cherry on top to sunday that can really matter if all of your other parts of your business are dialed in you say you're world class and you're first class that this is an area where most people are like they're missing the mark yep
0: really cool stuff i'm uh i'm going to give this book to a couple of people i know i think so i <laughs> i just love it i love the idea and and the importance behind it i also think about john when you you know maybe even if you don't you don't necessarily need to give a gift but just appreciation for you know someone Um, And how well that can make them feel, and and we often, you know, avoid doing that even um, because we don't. I don't know. We're we're embarrassed to do it. Maybe is there a sense of embarrassment, like to say thank you or to ring up someone, and you know, just show appreciation? Because I think that's a really good gift as well.
1: Oh, no question. Well, I don't know if you read the book, The Five Love Languages, but it's more of a marriage book. But really, it works in business. Like there's five different love languages, and what is like physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service there's all of these different, you know, ways to show love or appreciation to somebody. And I think that in our very, you know, it can be a very masculine culture. It feels either awkward or it feels weak to, to show appreciation. But I, I think that one of the reasons women crush, uh, guys in certain you know, industries and businesses and sales is because women aren't afraid to show their feelings and they're not afraid to say thank you. And they're not afraid, to show their appreciation and so they end up destroying guys because guys feel awkward or they feel like it's a weakness but really at the end of the day the leaders that we love and we go to bat for are those that care about us and that we feel known to that person and so i think in business um just like in, in you know in a, in a marriage or in a relationship like you know saying you know showing how you feel and saying thank you and showing appreciation and gratitude and love it's not a weakness it shows strength and it deepens the relationships. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I I think culturally it can be different in different, uh, you know, different countries or whatever else. But at the end of the day, I think that, uh, especially in 2016, the people that, you know, you see the companies like Zappos who, you know, you know, grew to be a couple billion in revenue and Amazon bought them. Like they're very good at showing appreciation to their employees and they're very good at showing appreciation to their clients and, and being kind, uh, like Southwest airlines, it's become a competitive advantage. Like I've, I ride airlines air, uh, you know, uh, airplanes all the time and, mm-hmm. and just being nice, being nice, uh, just being nice and, and like treating people like a human being. Uh, it sounds crazy, but I, I notice uh, there's a noticeable difference uh, from one airline to another and it and oftentimes it comes down to just being nice. Isn't that like, funny? With- I was just
0: on a, a plane flight recently. I went to Australia and came back and two different airlines and the one over there was uh you know a more budget airline I suppose and I just felt the the difference in their culture um from the the staff that are on that plane. They just didn't seem to have that nice touch. Uh, maybe it was me, I'm not sure, but on the way back I certainly <laughs> noticed the difference and I was like I was like blown off my feet because I experienced that sort of, you know, poor service on the way there. Um, and then I thought, well, yep. maybe it's just because it's a budget airline and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I thought But there's no reason for that. There's just no reason. Whether you're a budget airline or not, you you don't need to skimp on, you know, service in, in that sort of sense as far as being nice. It was really no. um, really in, impressive and surprising.
1: Yeah. Well, in Southwest is actually was started as a budget airline, but they hired people based upon their friendliness and their willingness to be fun and engaging it's and different. Opinion. And, uh, they hired cheerleaders and people that normally like, you, like really you are going to hire cheerleaders? Like, yeah, people that are fun, engaging, they're pleasant, they're positive, they're solution oriented. And none of that costs money. Hmm. It, it doesn't, you know, attitude doesn't cost you any money. Um, but there's a carryover, there's a halo effect. And so Southwest has crushed a lot of the airlines in the U S even being budget, um, because they're nice and they're fun. And, uh, people notice that and it it attracts people to come back and fly with them again, just based upon how they feel, uh, not even based upon any of the other metrics that most people think matter.
0: Yeah. So true. I love it. Are there any quick principles you want to give away from the book? I mean, I want to encourage all the listeners to go out there and Grab a copy. It sounds like a great read. I'm certainly going to have a read of it, John. I'll do a review for the show here. Uh, Are there any quick principles you want to touch on
1: or anything I've missed that I should have asked you? No, I mean, I, I think the big thing, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, I have a thousand people or a hundred people to to send. I can't do a personal, I can't do a $7,000 Brooks Brothers gift for all of them. And so some of the simple things are like, put their name on the gift. Don't put your logo, make it all about them, which we touched on. But the name and the spouse, and I would say the inner circle, like a lot of the gifting that we do includes what I call the inner circle. So it's the, the you know, the spouse, a lot of times it's a wife. Um, it's the assistant and it's the kids. It's the people that are in that executive's life that are most important to them. Make them look like the hero to those people and include them in the gift. Cause usually they're not included in business gifts. Mm. Um, and I would say, you know, if you say you're world-class, whatever you give out, it's better to do nothing at all than to do something that's, that's not congruent with your values um, you know, making sure that it's best in class and going into different categories. Um, but no, we've covered a lot of, you know, a you know, there's 10 kind of core principles, um, that are, that are, that we talk about in the book. And, you know, the nice thing about the book is it's not a 400 page book. It's a 200 page book that takes about two hours to read super short chapters. It's on audible, it's on Amazon, it's everywhere. Um, probably the only thing I, I didn't really talk about people are like, what, what are the worst gifts to give? Like, give me some you know, it's like bowling, <laughs> like, give me, give me, give me the bumpers, you know, bumper bowling with kids, like, so you don't go in the gutter. Yeah. And so I, I actually created a, a, a PDF recently, um, that I'll give away to all your listeners. Uh, if you go to giftologybook.com slash uh, why, uh, W H Y, um, you can get the 10 worst gifts to avoid. Um, and so if you want to do gifting on your own, you don't want to hire a company to do it. Like that's totally fine. Um, But at least you'll avoid some of the worst gifts to give. And, you know, like one of them, ironically enough, is Apple. And people are like, really? Like Apple's a bad gift to give? And I'm like, when car dealerships are offering your, you know, an iPad mini or whatever to test drive a car, like the gift is no longer cool or unique or different. Um, And so, you know, people Mm. are like, what about food? And I'm like, food is food is one of the worst gifts to give because you give food and it's gone in five minutes. And oftentimes people like, you don't know their food preferences, but you spend all this, you, know, you spend this money to give something that's thought about for, for all of five minutes. So we give the 10 worst gifts to give. You go to giftologybook.com all one word dot, uh, slash Y you can get the free PDF and take it to your team. And at least you'll have some, some bumpers, some, some parameters to, uh, if, you know, to, to, uh, to think about when you're giving gifts. And the last thing I'll say is, don't give a gift between, uh, in, in the U S between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but in general, anywhere on the planet, don't give gifts when they're expected. And usually people do gifts at the end of the year around Christmas. And we don't send one gift between Thanksgiving and Christmas, which is weird for a gifting company, but it's because I don't want to be part of the 50 gifts that they're getting. I want to be the only gift that they receive. So we do gifting the other 11 months out of the year. Hmm. So that's, that's some, you know, some short, you know, quick and dirty tips, uh, for, uh, for your listeners to take in, uh, and leverage in their own businesses. Mate,
0: it's been brilliant. Certainly a lot of ideas for me and certainly something I'm going to be thinking about a lot more, um, you know, on a smaller scale with my business. I think, you know, for a lot of businesses, if they're having a team meeting, it'd be a great, you know, point of topic for the meeting. Um, even to print out that PDF and, and jump on, take that up and take it into your meeting and use that as a point of discussion. Um, it might be a good idea. So, John, I've got some questions that I ask all guests. Um, There's some yeah. quick around questions, um, just to pick into your brain and how you operate, so we can pick out the nuggets that um, have given you your success. What yeah. What
1: sort of routines or rituals do you have that you believe contribute to you, to that success? Uh, well, I think you know we have a. I use a thing called the five minute journal, which is a, kind of a it literally takes five minutes to do in the morning and it essentially sets my day of thinking about what I'm grateful for. People, yeah. things, um, I think starting your day off that way, I'm a big believer on a morning ritual. And so I, I use a sauna every day and and that's my quiet time. It's when I read the Bible. It's when I read books. Um, I sweat out all the toxins. I'm a guy that enjoys bourbon and wine. And so I'm big on health. And so that's kind of my, my, uh, my vice, but I, I start off the day with the stretching exercise, um, sauna is in my house. Um, and so that's, that kind of sets my day. And then thinking about, you know, who I'm grateful for. And, and and I would say that that daily gratitude, um, whether it's a handwritten note, whether it's a phone call, whether it's, you know, meeting with somebody face to face or whether it's sending them a gift, I think how you start your day really, you know, sets the right tone. Absolutely. Um, and, mm. and so those are some of the core things that, uh, that I start off with that I think are really important.
0: You said you read the Bible uh, daily. Is that correct? Yes. What, and I'm just um, asking a curiosity sort of question here, what What do you get from reading the Bible every morning?
1: Well, I, I, I mean, for me, like, I um, I think we're going to be dead a lot longer than we're alive, uh, regardless yeah. of what your faith background <laughs> is. And so, um, regardless of faith background. And so, I, I mean, for me, like the core of who I am and what I do, and even, you know, if you go into the Old Testament of the Bible, the uh, and Proverbs, which is from thousands of years ago, it talks about a gift ushers you into the presence of Kings. Mm. Um, so a lot of the things I teach are actually biblically based and I didn't even really realize it until I started to like really dive into the Bible and, uh, and realize like stuff from 5,000 years ago is the core of Timeless. what works in 2016. And so it's some of these universal pr- yeah, they're timeless principles. They're universal. And so, for me, the the core of wh- who I am and, and who I want to be for my girls, you know, is is that faith background. And and for me, that's uh, that's kind of core to my purpose. Yeah. Um. And so that's that's uh, that's you know that's why I want st- to I want to f- I want to put into my heart and soul and mind, you know, those kind of principles. And that's uh, that's why I start my day that way. Yeah. yeah. Cool. No, that's a great answer. What advice would you give your twenty year old self? Um. I would have, uh, I would have, I would have, well, two things. One is, uh, pay attention to the finances, even though I, I'm not a financial guy. Like, um, I ended up having an assistant that was stealing from me and doing my taxes. I went through an IRS audit and all these horrible things. So I, I had to to learn that the hard way. I wish I would could learn that the, the easier way. And I would say that, um, you know, I wish I would have brought on a business partner to help me balance out, um, some of the areas of weakness. Hmm. I'm mean, more than I ever did owning all the company and so um be relying on experts and, and reaching out for help and, and getting people around you that, that to make up for your weaknesses I, I wish i had done that sooner cool cool all right i've just noticed a bit of uh connectivity issues there hopefully we can
0: continue through until the end here john what yeah yeah what number one productivity advice would
1: you give uh the audience something that you do to to make you more effective in your day um, I have three, uh, call them assistants, but really they're kind of, um, operations managers. I, I, I'm surrounded by people that I'm able to delegate to that I, I really trust. And so, right. So delegate. Yeah. Uh, in delegation. And so, uh, if I, if I can't do it, um, or if, if, if somebody else can do it, it's on their plate, not mine. Cool.
0: If um, someone's out there looking to, to make some change in their life and and really take a step in a, in a new direction, one that's more authentic to themselves, what advice would you give them? What would be that step?
1: Um, I think that, uh, you know, is it a Jim Rohn quote that you become the the, uh, the books you read and the people that you surround yourself with. And so uh, I would say if you want to go, go in a different direction, I think surround yourself with different people. And I'm, I'm always trying to hang out with people that are way better than myself. So I go, I'm a part of a couple of different mastermind groups and I'm always on the lookout for, uh, for bigger and better, uh, groups of people to hang out with in yeah. intimate settings, not necessarily a thousand people, but groups of 10 or a hundred, those small groups. Um, and I would say that I, I set aside time every day to read. And so you you can't become somebody different unless you have white space to, uh, to start looking at the world differently. And I think that, that quiet time and time to read are two crucial things to, to make that happen. Mm, Yeah. Can't agree more. What is your meaning of success? Um, I want the people that are closest to me, um, to speak the, the, uh, To speak best of me. So it's great to have articles and Forbes and whatever else, but I want my wife and my kids and my grandkids, um, to, uh, to know me the best and to, uh, to have the highest admiration. So, uh, I don't want to be the person that, that, uh, that the world thinks great of and the people closest to me think I suck. Yeah, Uh, yeah. so I, I, that's, that's kind of my barometer.
0: Nice, nice answer. Uh, what's
1: your favorite food, John? My favorite food? Um, the the thought the first thought that comes to mind is a nice big juicy well aged ribeye uh with a nice glass of cab Okay, good
0: good answer uh what is your favorite leisure activity
1: um i love basketball i play basketball twice a week uh even to this day and uh whether it's watching it or playing it that's my uh that's my go to uh you know release and uh, time that I zone out and don't think about anything else.
0: Have you got a a favorite book, a book
1: of all time that you'd like to recommend for the audience? I mean, outside the Bible, I would say um, the first business book uh, I ever read uh, was John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. So that's a top 10 for me. Uh, In that same month, I read the book Raving Fans, uh, Ken Blanchard book. So I would say those are our two core books as of late uh a book that's really impacted me and really kind of firmed up some beliefs uh a book by adam grant called give and take uh in the last three four years has been kind of a pillar for me cool i'll add them all to the show notes guys to check them out uh, at the hiddenwire.com and you can grab a, a couple of copies if you're interested have you got a favorite quote john um it's something I saw modeled by some one of my early mentors and um that three hundred dollar mug that I got given to me has it on uh, on the mug, so it's it's kind of my my favorite kind of models what we teach. It's called and it's give more than is reasonable. Give more
0: than is reasonable. Yeah. Like cool, mate. Well look the last question I want to ask you, it's sort of twofolds, but uh it's in line with the, the theme of the show. Um, number one is, do we all have a why and what does living life with passion and purpose mean to you?
1: Um, I think that, yeah, everybody has a why, whether they, uh, are aware of it or, you know, whether it's conscious or subconscious, like that's, you know, your why drives your behaviors, your actions, your, what you're going to do. And, and, uh, and I think that, um, you know, either you discover it, um, and, uh, and leverage it or other people, you're going to be controlled by other people that understand what their why is. And as far as understanding passion and understanding your passion and purpose, I mean, I think that, um, you know, I was fortunate to kind of take something silly like knives and be able to apply my passion for wanting to, um, inspire people to be givers and, and connect with people. And I realized very early on that I didn't want to be a doctor. Like I enjoyed people and inspiring people, um, and empowering people. And so I think that, uh, I think, you know, being able to surround yourself with other people that are living their passion and why, uh, rubs off, um, and has a tendency to, to kind of open your eyes to what your you know, what your why is going to be. Okay. You think it's important to have passion behind what you do? Oh, I mean, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I, I was reading, you know, I, I, uh, I was on Facebook earlier today and one of the guys who's super successful in the health and wellness space talked about, um, walking into the gym and and the person behind the counter and the energy behind him, um, you know, the smile, the engagement, the questions, the, whatever else just being the person, you know, the front face of that company. Um, he's like the passion that, that kid, he's like probably 20 years old, exuded, made my day better. And so I think that, um, if you want to accomplish things and inspire people and be successful, um, you know, you can't just go check boxes. Like people can, you know, we talked about the feeling like, Mm. and unless you have that, you know, like I can tell, like you're a passionate person and I've never met you before, but just having the conversation, there's an energy in your voice. And so I think that, um, you know, anybody that's going to have any sort of sustained sustained success. There has to be passion or else you're going to get burnt out and you're going to fizzle. You know, you might be able to fake it um, for a time period. But if you want to do something over the next 50 years, you better freaking be passionate about it because you're going to get kicked in the teeth and have challenges come your way. And unless there's some real substance and passion to what you're doing, I I think most people crash and burn.
0: Yeah, really good point. I mean, I get bored quite easily, so I don't do things (laughs) if I'm not passionate about it. Um... Cool, mate. Look, it's been fantastic to connect with you. How can people find you, John? Obviously, if they Google your name, they'll find you. Um, that's how I found you, I think. But how can people find you? What are your links? Are you on social media, et cetera?
1: Yeah, so you can go to go to, go to Giftology Book. If you want to learn about the book, you can go to John Rulin, So, J-O-H-N-R-U-H-L-I-N. So, Johnrulin.com talks about me and the speaking and consulting and kind of what we teach. Rulin Group, all one word, Ruling group.com is more like the gift strategy and logistics and talks about what we do with the Cubs and some of our, our clients. Um, you can go to at Rulin uh, on Twitter. Um, if you Google me or, or go to Facebook, you can find, you know, John or Facebook.com slash John Rulin Jr. I'm a junior. So, oh, nice. um, that that's, uh, on, on Facebook, but yeah, if you Google John Rulin, um, you know, I think most of it, uh, is pretty positive. <laughs> is that <what> pops <laughs> that's hype. No, mate, it's been really good to
0: connect and I appreciate your time coming out today. Guys, jump onto com. I'll have all the show notes, the links um, to John and all the stuff that we've talked about as well. So check that out. And uh, John, thank you once again. Lee, thanks for having me, man. It's, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a
1: lot of fun. It's been my pleasure.
0: I love starting my day off with these uh, powerful thoughts, John. So thank you. And guys, until next time, peace, passion and purpose. Speak soon. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwhy.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwhy.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there. Um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link and help support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got to deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there, breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose. And in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is The Hidden Why. My name is Lee Manuzzi. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.